everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It's Tuesday, September 6, 2022. Today in the headlines. Conservative uproar surrounds Disney's new FX series, Little Demon, which features a woman who is impregnated by Satan. Also, Republicans slam FBI suppression of Hunter Biden whistleblower Tony Bobolinsky, who corroborated laptop info. Biden's student loan forgiveness plan cost now estimated at $1 trillion. After stoking civil war in America, the elite look to flee. I'll be talking about these headlines and more. Coming up right now. All right, so the first story up here is um, from the Christian Post. One million moms issue urgent warning to parents in response to Disney's FX series Little Demon. The story is about Satan who impregnates a woman who gives birth to the Antichrist. Excuse me. So Disney's new FX series, Little Demon, which features a woman who is impregnated by Satan and gives birth to an antichrist daughter and carries graphic violence and nudity, makes light of hell and the dangers of demonic realm. Next story up, GOP uh, slams FBI suppression of Hunter Biden whistleblower Tony Bobolinsky. Now, if folks didn't know, back right before the 2020 election in an October surprise... Um, Republican operatives made the existence of Hunter Biden's laptop known, which implicated uh, the Democratic nominee for president, Joe Biden, in a pay-for-play scam. And although Joe Biden said he wasn't aware of Hunter Biden's business dealings, the laptop said differently. And if that wasn't enough, before the election, a guy named Tony Bobolinsky a business party, a business partner of Hunter Biden came out and corroborated the laptop. So if you know anything about journalistic facts, you have to attribute your information and then you have to corroborate it. Otherwise, it's a one source story and it's not really considered a fact because you don't have any corroboration. So the New York Post lead starts out by saying Republicans blasted the FBI as politically biased Monday after the Post reported that disgraced FBI agent Timothy Tebolt was the point man for former Hunter Biden business partner Tony Bobolinsky and never followed up with him about his bombshell claims. Bobolinsky alleged that one month before the 2020 election that Joe Biden was involved with his son Hunter and his brother Jim's dealings with Chinese energy company CEFC, which reportedly paid the Bidens $4.8 million in 2017 and 2018. Bob said that he sat down with the FBI for a five-hour interview and also turned over all his cell phones and related communications with Hunter Biden. That was never followed up on. That's a suppression. That is indeed election interference. And they claim the con- FBI claims the contrary at the time that's saying we don't want to in- interfere with the election by releasing this information, um, but actually suppressing it is what interfered with the election. So from the Wall Street Journal, Biden's student debt forgiveness plan may cost up to $1 trillion challenging deficit goals. 
White House hasn't released full accounting, but some analysts see the cost in debt relief and modified repayment measures. In this article by Gabriel T. Rubin, President Joe Biden's plan to cancel student debt, modify payments for millions of Americans could cost us $1 trillion, according to budget analysts, challenging the administration's efforts to scale down the federal deficit. Analysts expect a strong interest in both debt cancellation and programs that allow borrowers to pay a lower percentage of their income to keep up with their loans. The expected popularity of the policy could drive up costs and raise questions about whether the expense could be offset by other Biden administration policies, the White House says. Um, Again, this is just spending, this is buying votes, basically, um, and it's going to raise inflation along with the recent um, inflation reduction bill. Um, all, All Democratic spending causes inflation. We should know that by now. We should learn that from Jimmy Carter. So the Business Insider says Biden's plan to forgive student loans could end up costing over $1 trillion. Biden's plan to forgive student loans could cost more than $1 trillion. The cost depends on how many people take up on the new income-driven repayment plan. Under the plan, around 20 million borrowers would be eligible to have their full debt wiped out. So that's the problem, is once they announce the bill, or it's really an executive order, once they announce the policy or the plan, is that people started coming out of the woodwork and the overwhelming interest drove the costs up because the more people that take advantage of the plan, the higher the cost goes. Everybody likes free. Everybody likes free college. Everybody likes free money. But it's not free. The cost has to be paid by someone. And in this case, the taxpayer or your children or your children's children because they'll never be able to pay the debt. And we're all going to pay deeply uh, for an economic collapse. So from The Guardian um, is reporting that the super rich preppers planning to save themselves from the apocalypse, tech billionaires are buying up luxury bunkers and hiring military security to survive a societal collapse they helped create. But nothing like, but like everything they do, it has unintended consequences. And this is an article from The Fourth by Douglas Rushkoff. And he writes in his lead, as a humanist who writes about the impact of digital technology on our lives, I am often mistaken for a futurist. The people most interested in hiring me for my opinions about technology are usually less concerned with building tools that help people live better lives in the present than they are identifying the next big thing through which to dominate them in the future. I don't usually respond to their inquiries. Why help these guys ruin what's left of the internet, much less civilization? So he goes on in his analysis in this opinion piece um, about the coming collapse and decline which the elite created and Joe Biden created by these crazy spending. So, but the Daily Beast also reports rich Dems worried about Trump are buying second citizenships. This is by Emily Sugarman and Noah Kirsch from the 6th, which is today. So um, he goes on to write, uh, so-called golden visas have become white-hot status symbol among the ultra-rich in recent years. Some 30 countries now offer citizenship or residency by investment, which allows individuals to live and work in a foreign country simply by spending a lot of money there. A second citizenship starts at several hundred thousand dollars and stretches to several million for a time. The clientele was also fairly conservative, driven by fears of 
pending liberal wealth tax or for the tech bros, a, a pending IPO that would result in massive taxation event. Now, however, the Democratic demographics have begun to shift dramatically. Nine to tenfold liberal-leaning clients this summer, driven by everything from mass shooting in Uvalde to the Supreme Court decision to overturning Roe versus Wade. A tax attorney occasionally partners with the lead uh, uh, attribution in this article confirmed an increase. So basically what they're saying is that the rich are fleeing or looking to flee or um, starting their plans to uh, flee if need be. And this has been going on for some time because all the elite are looking at a backlash, a possible backlash of the underclass, the pitchfork and torch carrying people that are going to get pissed off once they find out that the deep state and the elite were behind um, gain-of-function research, which caused the coronavirus pandemic, and that the failed mRNA shots, which caused undue suffering, not to mention a spending spree, which is going to collapse the economy. So moving on to unrelated news... The Hill reports Black Lives Matter exec accused of stealing $10 million in lawsuit. And their lead states the Black Lives Matter leaders on Friday sued an executive of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation on charges of siphoning $10 million in donations to the organization for use in his own personal piggy bank. So they don't name Melina Abdullah, founder of the BLM Los Angeles chapter and co-director of the BLM Grassroots, held a press conference last week announcing the lawsuit. Oh, it is. We're going back to Patrice Goulers, a BLM founder, had created a transition plan to transfer control of GNF over to the grassroots organization. But GNF had locked her out of the social media accounts and it was amplifying and is amplifying message she does not agree with. So but Patrice Colliers was one of the um, Black Lives leaders who also was found out to have five houses worth a uh, worth a million dollars each. In a statement following the press conference, GNF board of directors denied the allegations saying they were disappointed and dismayed at the false narrative spread by Abdullah and other BLM leaders who they accused of taking $10,000 per month in personal stipends. The board denied the entirety of the allegations claiming they have requested meetings with Abdullah and other leaders have shared social media accounts with BLM grassroots and argued that there's never been a plan to transition GNF to the BLM grassroots organization. So basically, this is when they start eating their own because money makes people funny and um, get a lot of money involved in BLM. And then all of a sudden you have splintering and then you have um, people taking money, embezzling money. And because, like I said, money makes people funny. So it's very easy to things to start fall apart when there's a lot of money around and then money starts disappearing. This is from Forbes. Truth Social SPAC reportedly fails to get shareholder support to extend deal deadline. And the lead in this story um, by Siletia Ray of a request to extend the deadline for a merger between former President Donald Trump's Truth Social platform and a special purpose acquisition company could not gather shareholder report, uh, support, Reuters reported signaling more turmoil for the deal, which also faces multiple federal investigations. Now they're federal investigations into Truth Social. Um, So the equity firm Digital World Acquisition Corp, 
which had agreed to acquire True Social's parent company, Trump Media and Technology Group, and take it public, failed to garner the requisite 65% votes. And this, obviously, a lot of this stems from the fact that Google rejected the app from their Play Store. So that's basically half the market share. So, of course, um, if I was an investor, I'd be leery about signing on for such a merger. So the intended consequences, perhaps, of ruining Truth Social, thank you, Google, you're not only affecting the upcoming midterm elections, but um, you're affecting the very survival of Trump's social media platform. AP reports U.S. election conspiracies find fertile ground in conferences. And basically, this article just says that in Republican and GOP uh, political conferences, conservative conferences, um, they talk about stolen elections and um, other things like Biden corruption. It's a sentiment now shared by millions of people in the United States after relentless attacks on the outcome of the 2020 presidential election by Trump and his allies nearly two years after the election. No evidence has emerged to suggest widespread fraud or manipulation while reviews in state after state have upheld the results showing President Joe Biden won. And of course, but this is the AP, of course that's what they say. But everybody else looks at it and says uh, they call bullshit because realistically and statistically, um, it didn't seem like Joe Biden could win, that he didn't have enough support to beat Trump, and that the under-ticket uh, candidates all won, and Trump was the one that lost, plus the turning out of ballots that just Joe voted for Joe Biden and no other candidates. The attacks and falsehoods have made an impact. An Associated Press Center for Public Affairs research poll from 2021 found that about two-thirds of Republicans say they did not think Biden was legitimately elected. Of course not. Uh, the fact that you had ballot harvesting in Georgia, one of the swing states, which is illegal, um, says that he was, if he was elected fairly, he was, you know, people think he's illegitimate. And the same reason behind mail-in ballots, um, that opens the door for fraud. And now that they threw away all the signature envelopes, there can't be signature verification, so we don't know for sure, even though dead people keep turning up on the rolls and other people. And small fraud is still meant to throw the election. People don't commit election fraud not to change the outcome. So to say, oh, there wasn't enough fraud to change the outcome, how do we know for sure? People commit election fraud to change the outcome. That's the whole purpose. It's not, why would you fill out a dead person's ballot or fill out your neighbor's ballot or conduct ballot harvesting when you know it's illegal if you're not looking to throw the election? So uh, build as the Nebraska Election Integrity Forum. The conference featured some of the nation's most prominent figures pushing conspiracy theories that the last presidential election was stolen from Trump through widespread fraud or manipulation or voting machines. It was just one of dozens of similar events that were held around the country for a better part of a year. Um, but of course, the AP does not report on the Hunter Biden laptop, the suppression of that laptop, not only by the FBI, but by social media companies. And most, uh, most people that were independent or swing voters at the time said if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop and the corruption that it outlines that they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. So it's unlikely that Joe Biden was legitimately elected, Associated Press.
And again, from the Wall Street Journal, the two faces of China's surveillance, the government's new social contract promises the security and convenience of a perfectly engineered society to those who don't resist. And that's this is all coming here. As it amasses over, uh, ever more data on the movements and the habits of its people and develops its new way to process it, AI, the Chinese Communist Party dangles the promise of a perfectly engineered society, one that is uh, utopia, one is the artificial intelligence companies work hand-in-glove with the police to track down fugitives, dissidents, find abducted children, and politically shame jaywalkers, in which public services rewards for good deeds, that's a social credit score, and punishments for misbehavior all delivered with mathematical precision and efficiency. This is the model for the future. So if people don't realize this, it's that's the West that backed China. It's the West that backed China's rise. It's the West that assisted in the technological prowess that China now possesses. China, uh, the West assisted in all of this. Rockefeller and, and Trudeau, they all laud China as the perfect uh, form of fascist, uh, fascist dict- dictatorship. It's not surprising. And I just want to end here really quickly because um, there were some reports that ivermectin um, prevented 95% of deaths um, from COVID and people always laughed at ivermectin as forced medication, but right from the NIH PubMed, the use of ivermectin is associated with lower mortality in hospitalized place, patients with coronavirus disease 2019. And this is from January, 2021. So everybody should know that uh, ivermectin as a prophylactic and just like um, hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic, that's why there wasn't rampant spread of COVID and mortality in Africa is because most people already take hydroxychloroquine for malaria. And so as it works with malaria and it works with other viruses, it, it, it stops the virus from repl- replicating in the cells. And so if you use that with zinc, which keeps uh, the virus out of your cells, um, that's a pretty good defense. Prophylactically, if the virus is already uh, multiplying and replicating in your cells and you have overabundance of the virus in your system, that's a completely different story. Then you could very well develop SARS and that could be like threatening. So that's it for me for today. Rudy's Revelation. Stay tuned this afternoon for episode seven of Tuesdays with Perry, where we we discuss quite a few things like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' response to the dark Brandon speech. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment down below. And follow me on social media, Facebook, Get her minds and now Truth Social. I'll see you tomorrow.